To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do any of this without you. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, pick up a copy of Health Communism at your local bookstore, or request it from your local library, and follow us at deathpanel underscore. So today we've got myself, Artie, and Phil here, and the three of us are going to discuss the Biden administration's recent announcement that the end of the public health emergency will come on May 11th of this year in the United States. Of course, this in no way means that the pandemic itself is over, no longer a problem, not making people sick, hospitalizing people, making people miss work, school, killing people, etc., This is a kind of pure administrative move and part of the broader process of kicking COVID to the private market. So just real quick, in terms of how the United States is currently doing with regard to COVID, over 500 people are still dying per day. According to CDC data, 21,378 people have died of COVID in the U.S. since the beginning of the year, reporting through February 8th. And You know, I think with the bivalent booster rate still not breaking 16% in the United States, it's really worrying to think of how this is going to map onto our existing health finance system here in the U.S. So let's talk about that, the context and the specifics of this announcement, and then we'll dive deeper into some of the under-discussed implications of this. And I think we should start off by discussing the announcement itself which came right before the House of Representatives was going to vote on a Republican bill called the Pandemic is Over Act, which would have ended the PHE declaration and Title 42 on the date that it was enacted. And in the coverage of this announcement in the media, um, this is often foregrounded like pretty heavily. And part of the framing that we are seeing in terms of explaining why this is happening now is very similar to the thing we've heard over and over from the Biden administration, which is that COVID protections are politically toxic. And then if Democrats in the House went on record voting against this pandemic is over act, it would be some sort of like major liability for the Democratic Party. Right. And I think the thing that's really, to me, important to remember is that even if that were, you know, true, which I I think it's sort of debatable, but I don't even it's not even (laughs) worth necessarily getting into. But it's the fact that the Biden administration had like two or three major opportunities to decouple some of the most important uh, pandemic mitigation measures from the end of this emergency. Like if this was a problem and it's evident that they sort of knew that it was um, (laughs) because they had a budget request into Congress twice last year, uh, at least uh, where they were looking for expanded funding for these things in in a way so they could delink it. They didn't push especially hard for those, uh, you know, even in the lame duck session, which I think is really significant. And so now they nevertheless, they persisted in, you know, and ending the PHE. But sort of the best that you get out of them is that it won't actually be that bad that, you know, somehow, you know, fill in the blank, something miraculous will sort of happen and we'll have sort of enough uh, vaccine or Paxlovid like stockpiled uh, to deal with these things and don't pay attention necessarily to 15 million people getting kicked off of Medicaid because we did actually decouple that from the pandemic public health emergency. Because we decided to do that already <laughs> anyway. We decided to do that anyway, but we uh, are just doing it on a different timeline. Yeah. And I think um, that's I, I want to get into that delinking later because I think that's important. As you mentioned, like they had an opportunity to maybe separate like, the, the ending of the public health emergency itself would not be a big issue if 
there were able to be, you know, some of the most important facets of the protections inside of the public health emergency, you know, kept and brought forward into the, you know, post quote unquote public health emergency world. Um, as, as you're saying, like if they had delinked it in the sense of saying uh, Medicaid redetermination that could just continues regardless of whether we call it an emergency or not, um, free vaccines and treatments that continues whether or not we call it an emergency. That's not happening. Instead, they are saying, oh, we're ending the public health emergency, but um, the things that we delinked, those two specific things, right, like vaccines and treatment access or, or whatever, or vaccines and treatment being free and the Medicaid provisions, those two things are, let's think of them as separate and just move on, move forward or, or, or whatever, while then those things go away as opposed to become baked in. But, and so I think we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but I do want to just focus for a second on some of the ridiculous things that they said about why they did this now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just going to read really briefly from this, um, CNN report from January 31st. They spoke to, uh, an unnamed white house aide on background for this, um, who said, quote, um, this is a white house aide saying, quote, Democrats were concerned about the optics of voting against Republicans winding down the public health emergency absent an understanding of whether and how we intended to do so from the White House, the aide said. As soon as we saw this bill, it obviously concerns the White House, so it was important for them to weigh in, unquote. So it this is obviously, I don't even know how much attention we have to pay to this sort of like Republican canard thing that, oh, the, the Republicans were going to try to end the public health emergency abruptly. And the abruptness would be the disaster, which I think is the line that the Biden administration has gone with. And it certainly suits the letter, I think, that we'll probably talk about in a second that like the Biden administration sent to the House Rules Committee about this. But I, I think for me, this quote kind of like gives away some of the game here because it's not just the optics of Democrats voting against it, I guess. Like, imagine if this did pass the House and it was just, oh, you know, public health emergency, uh, you know, termination order sent through to to be terminated immediately. I mean, then Biden would have to veto that mm -hmm. if he, I mean, would have to decide, I guess, whether to veto that. I'm not going to assume that he would yeah, do he such would, a thing. Yeah. Um, and they certainly don't want to be seen doing that. To hear the full episode. Become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.